comics and games to movies and TV. This is the Nerd Show on 1310 KFKA. Now, here are the nerds. Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. I'm Nick, here with Scott, and we have Micah behind the glass, also known as... Darth Monger. Darth Ambivalous. (laughs) Darth Harmonic. I want to know what happened to your voice, because that is... I'm like, I'm looking at you, but I'm hearing you in my headphones going, that's not Nick. So yeah, why you don't you tell like us a, what's going on? sound like a large, a large mammal that uh, runs the Kentucky Derby. A large mammal that runs the Kentucky Derby? You sound hoarse. Ah. Oh, wow. That was a stretch, Micah. Uh, that was that quite was. a stretch. Anyway, uh, no, I, I have the, the privilege of being the MC for the Colorado Grit. And three games back to back to back this weekend. Um, finally, finding my groove on Sunday with uh, with just uh, being the MC, the the host with the most um, has done a number on my vocal cords. Yes, I was working during their first game. I kind of wanted to go. I we been a met a bunch of the players because they came in for interviews, and they were all really cool. Especially my favorite player, Romulus. Romulus Riego de Dios. Yeah, I think everybody knows why he's my favorite player. Because he's from Star Wars? Star Wars, right? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, they were, you know, up 1-0 in the third, and then they ended up losing 3-1. Yeah, that was a tough loss that night. It all happened pretty quickly toward the end of the game. Um, And then uh, El Paso got an empty netter. So, uh, but Saturday's game was just as close. Um, ended up losing. Uh, they were tied two-two with ninety seconds left and gave up a goal mm. um, after a timeout. Sunday they came out really good, um, but yeah, just uh, another empty netter goal, trying to capitalize. But for a brand new team in an established division, one of the hardest ones in the North American Hockey League, um, they're doing really well. But my two kiddos, my billets are having a they're feeling kind of down. Sure. Which I know, but the crowds have been awesome. That's great. A standing room only Friday night, both Saturday and Sunday, competing with the UNC game, competing with uh, the NFL on Sunday have had about 90 plus percent capacity. So, That's great. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And I, you know, Scott, we've kind of had a lot of fun over the years of doing things neither of us thought we would do. Yep. Uh, going from. You know, hosting radio shows to you putting on goalie gear to batting practice. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You put on goalie gear? I did. Is there even, a video of that? He even took shots. Yes, I think there just, is video. There is video, and yes, there is footage of me. Yes. Can you skate at all? Not really. No. Okay, neither can I. <laughs> so, but it was just kind of those. Never in a million years would I have thought I would be an MC. Yeah. The uh, in and game entertainment. For a, a a hockey team, yeah, and I will tell you, it took it knocked me on my butt trying to bring. I mean, the kids played three games in three yeah. days. Uh, I can't imagine how exhausted they are. Uh, the amount of stairs I climbed, um, just bellowing and being loud and energetic and on for four hours straight, it it kicked my butt. It it sounds like it in a good way, but it sounds like it. Yeah. So 
this is not my normal decibel of my my normal talking voice. I have to bring it down, <laughs> otherwise I'll be squeaking and squawking. But yeah. uh, I finally saw Ahsoka. Where was she? No, uh, she was in a bar. <laughs> uh, I came up and introduced myself, and she gave me some some real attitude, and I was just like, I want to just want to see your lightsaber. She's like, No. You know, uh, we we talked a bit uh, two segments on it last week. Um, this is a pre-recorded show this week, so we haven't yet seen this week's episode, which is streaming in theaters across the country. There's, Not very many. No, there's only 10, and I think the closest that I could find to here was either Los Angeles or maybe someplace in Texas. I don't recall. But no place close that was realistic for us to go see it. Mm-mm. But that is fueling the fire even more, and I'm hoping that I sound like a profit on Wednesday when this actually airs, because <laughs> I called it, but, you know, we will see through on this episode. I'm going to call it. I'm going to name it. I am going to declare it. I'm not going to say I think. I'm going to say we will see Thrawn in this episode. Now, episode three was the most, was, of all the four episodes, episode three could count as the boring episode, and it was not. So far, this is a great show, you and know the, I care about the characters, not as much a the Mandalorian, what's her name? He's he's kind of he's had a beef with Sabine since episode one, where she took the saber to the gut and lived. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you got you got to die. Well, you know, there's been a lot of work that's been done online, and a lot of people that have done the analysis. Shin is just an apprentice. She didn't she didn't land the death stroke. It's it's off to the side. I mean, just literally got her. It's it's like getting it's shot flesh, in the stomach. It's a minor flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, it's a minor flesh wound. It, it wasn't a, a death stroke like Maul gave to Qui-Gon Jinn. So I think that's really where we've got to recognize that. I think the shock of that possibly happening is what everybody was thinking was going to happen. But the reality is it just wasn't. You know, Micah, if you got stabbed there right now... Oh, I would die instantly. You wouldn't die instantly. Nope, you would survive. <laughs> well, my blubber would, would protect me, but I can't take pain. I'm well, sorry. Uh, just... You might pass out, but then you would wake up in a hospital the next day, and you'd be just fine, and you'd go through rehab, and you They'd would say, continue to produce radio shows. Your cholesterol levels are through the roof. What the hell are you eating? And I would say food that tastes good. <laughs> It, it's it really is a pretty good show. I I, re, I love the actress who plays Ahsoka. I love what she's doing with Ahsoka. Again, again I, I never saw the cartoons, the animated shows. I shouldn't call them the cartoons. I never saw the animated shows. The Can we call Wars. them what they properly are? Is animated documentaries? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> okay, well. we can't. But no, you know, I, I I'm. Episodes three and four were were rather short. They probably could have gotten away with that being one episode. Uh, probably would have been a really long episode. Yeah. And is is this episode we haven't seen yet, but has aired yesterday? Once the show airs, you know, is that going to be? Is that in theaters because it is, you know, could be an hour plus in time, or is it just that grand effect they want to have for us seeing Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yeah, I think it could be both. I didn't do enough homework to look and see if there's been a a length of the show for episode five announced yet. And I will certainly do that. So when we come back from the next or from our next break, I will have that information if it's available. But but I think it's a little bit of both. So I and there's hype, there's excitement, there's interest. And it was very interesting because I was watching with Taylor over the weekend and they had not seen any of the animated series and they didn't know where Ahsoka was. And so I went back to uh, Rebels and 
showed them the world between worlds mm-hmm. where we'd already seen that and how the owl comes into play with that connection with Ahsoka and the sister and all the other things and was just like, oh, wow. And so I do think that there's more to this show that you need to understand and look and watch some of the animated series. And I remember you talking about there was a great YouTube video out there that was about 30 minutes long that could get you caught up. But I feel like there are people going to be a little bit lost and not understand what's going on because they haven't seen that. So I think that's the only criticism I have of the show so far, that I know what's going on and I recognize everything, but it's only because I've seen all the other stuff. For other individuals, like Taylor, they're sitting there going, I don't understand what's going on. And then when we go back, and then it was like the light bulb came on. So well, Dave I figured has... I, I'm a little lost on some of the characters, but I'm not lost overall. I know she's in purgatory or something. No, she got so thrown off a cliff or this, whatever. This wor- world between worlds is Dave Filoni has come out and said in interviews, cause I, and I can see where Star Wars fans would be upset if this turns into a Marvel, um, you know, time doesn't really matter anymore. You can time travel, essentially. And he says that's not this is not the case. Nope. Um, he doesn't want it to be that, and it was never intended to be that. Um, but it is complex. I mean, we got Anakin Skywalker de-aged, looking like he did in in you know the Clone Wars animated series, but also before he turned to the dark side as Darth Vader. And if you notice, we didn't talk about it last week, but right when they went to the end credits, there was just hints of Darth Vader's theme. Mm-hmm. So there's all this happiness and hey, Snips, Master Anakin, um, why did it go to his? Darth Vader theme. Is this the real, you know, I, I'm, that's really perplexing to me of he was not presented in that dark side light. Is that, is that hinting towards something? I don't know. I wish I had the ability to look that far into the future and tell you, but then I'd be disappointed because I already know what was going to happen. Oh, gosh. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, and Dave Filoni is the director of this episode. He was the creator of Ahsoka. Um, and he is he's the one tasked with bringing Grand Admiral Thrawn to life. So uh, would you trust anyone else with this episode, Scott? No, I, I think he is absolutely the best person that we should have for this episode. There's also another really great documentary that was on Disney that I watched. And it's sort of, you know, Master and Apprentice. And it was talking about the relationship between Dave and George mm. when Dave worked at Lucasfilm and was just starting to do this whole Clone Wars kind of idea and it started out as a film and then we got the series and it was really interesting to see Dave talk about the fact that when he kind of created this character originally it was supposed to be a Padawan or Plo Koon which is mm. the one um, who found her right yes I believe so but that's Dave Filoni's favorite character and that's who the Padawan was going to be remember that George... helmet at Rancho Obi-Wan? oh yeah yeah and then George said no Anakin has a Padawan and they're like no, we, we've never heard about this. Anakin is an opponent. And George said, no, Anakin has a Padawan. Mm. Gosh, I can't wait for this week's episode, which by the time you're listening to this has already aired. <laughs> In theaters. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for more of the Nerd Show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to The Nerd Show, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA in the Aloe Fiber Studios. Scott, you have the official runtime of this week's episode. Let's do a an over-under, closest thought going over maybe. Sure. I'm going to say uh, 66 minutes for my favorite order. <laughs> okay. Um They're showing it in theaters, but it can't be too long. But it's probably going to have Thrawn in it. I'm going to go 56. I would like to take $1, please. (laughs) You are both wrong. You're both long. Really? Um, 49 minutes is our runtime. Interesting. Yeah. But they're probably showing it. I I wonder how many explosions and stuff it's going to have in it. I wonder what the sound design is. Is watching a Star Wars movie, you have to watch it in theaters because the sound is always – they're always nominated for sound design and music. And if you're going to watch a Star Wars Star Wars movie, you have to watch it in theaters. Watch a Star Wars. Yes. That's one of my favorite lines in Arrested Development when Lucille gives Buster $2 and says, here, go watch a Star Wars. <laughs> oh, well, there's some interesting news out there. Um, Micah's got something to bring up about uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But first, uh, The Rings of Power Season 2, everything we know about the release date, filming, and more. And if you've been a fan of The Nerd Show, you know this was one of Micah's favorite TV series of, of all, all time. time. I, he could not stop hey. talking about it. was hey. so excited every I, week. I told you guys I would yeah. be quiet. I would not talk about it. I would be now. I'm going to be negative about it. No, I will. Uh, yeah, we, we we're, we're bullying Mike a little bit. So uh, this is still filming in spite of the director and writers' strike. Um, it's expected to be released sometime in quarter three or four of 2024. But uh, what was interesting in this article is they've planned five seasons of this, and they know already what the final scene is going to be at the end of that fifth season. Now, they've acknowledged season one wasn't uh, for every fan, you know, say for Micah, like, I don't know what the – it didn't meet everyone's expectations. Uh, You know, people who have standards. Season two is going to turn that around, kind of hinting what the the showrunner was saying of – this is what people are going to have been waiting for who maybe didn't get as engaged the first season. It's going to happen and pick up in season two. And I can see, you know, in, in, in hindsight, it was a slow build. Um, I loved that just because of my love and adoration of Lord of the Rings. Um, but they had to introduce a lot of characters in um, really what eight episodes max. And, it, you know. Again, a slow build in an action-packed era now where it takes people, you know, you have one season to really wow people and gather an audience. I like what they did here with that slower. So we'll see what season two, but that's coming out in quarter three or four of 2024. That's really the only big updates we've had, um, you know, for, for mega TV series that we've had, like House of the Dragon. We haven't heard anything about when that next season might come out. Um, what other series have we had? Andor. We don't know when Andor is going to come out. Heck, we're still waiting on part two of Loki. If we remember, that was supposed to be only one season. Uh, that comes out next month. Does it really? Yes, it does. Where have I been? What have we been doing on this show? <laughs> I think there is so much content out there that 
it's hard to keep track of. Well, it is, but it's also slowing down a little bit. It's, because... It is, and that's going to allow us to talk about different things. Well, I wonder with Loki, too, we had we had COVID, and that impacted the release date. So they only released the first half of that. But since Loki's come out, they had all those issues with the actor who plays who portrays Kang, the Condor. And he's going to be in it. Is still, or are they recast, or what? He he is he has not been recast. Interesting. He's he's still in the trailers. But they've severed ties with him, hasn't Marvel done that? I think so because I think he's it's it's not like a cancellation thing. I think he's still like in trouble with the law. Huh. I think what he's been charged with is pretty big. Well, I think, well, just my opinion, that's kind of bold to stick with him um, from a from a character perspective. Well, they they shot a lot of it already. Yeah, but Disney's got money. I mean, are they going to, if it's like bad. Like what they did with What's-His-Name and uh, Christopher Plummer, where they had, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy who was the bad guy in uh, Seven and the good guy in K-Pax. He was also in... Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which, by the way, if you Kevin guys have Spacey, Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, he was. He played a character, and then I think he was replaced by. Why did you Plummer use all the movies I never knew Kevin Spacey was in? <laughs> oh, you got to see Seven, and you got to see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is based off of a play, which might be based off of a book or something. But it is. It takes place in basically two rooms. All star cast, excellent movie. And there is a monologue at the beginning of the movie, which is pretty awesome. Credit to Alec Baldwin for really pulling that off. Speaking of actors who have been convicted of not-so-good things, uh, Danny Masterson from that 70s show was just sentenced to 35 years in prison. And uh, there is a lot of controversy uh, with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher for writing letters of support to him while he was under trial. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a lot of blowback now, and which you know is interesting because he was convicted of rape. Yeah. Well, here's here's the even more interesting part. So he's a Scientologist, and the girls he raped. I'm saying that now because he was convicted. The girls he raped were in the Church of Scientology. Scientology told them to shut up. And on top of that, they blamed the girls and they put those girls in some kind of re-education camp. So that's how creepy and awful that fake religion, which for some reason is recognized as a religion, is. They protect predators we got to be careful, Mike. You're, you're on a high a high horse here. Oh, I'm just I, – I, I, oh, God. But how does that – you know, it's hard for people of fame like that to step out. I mean, they, they acted with him for many years and probably never saw that side of him. And perhaps – I don't know when these letters of support came out for him, um, but they have since emerged. And how does that impact – I mean, two really well-known and I think fairly respected actors and actresses of Mila Kunis – And Ashton Kutcher. And Ashton Kutcher is, he's an activist as well as an entrepreneur. So how will that affect his businesses? And he's an activist in the uh, sex trafficking world. Scott? I was just reading about the recent report about Rotten Tomatoes critics being paid. So 
<laughs> I was He's hoping we could go there momentarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. It, it got a little dark. It that, did. Let's, and, let's yeah. lighten it up from evil Danny Masterson to, to less... EV, evil Bunker 15. Yeah. That's the name of the PR firm that has uh, been identified as paying some lower-level self-proclaimed, self-identified critics and basically using them to, you know, change the pool of the scores and elevate scores to where they're fresh. Are they are they asking to do that for films Certain that films. they represented? That they uh, I believe so, yes. That um, The platform does not allow for that. It's very specific. If you want to be a reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes, you have to agree to that, and that is exactly what this organization allegedly has done after a fairly in-depth uh, investigation by Vulture, uh, which is the name of the company that actually did that. So they just... Yeah, Vulture is the... Um uh-huh. They're a media company. Mm-hmm. How did um, they? How did they discover this? Um, I don't know. It was how. the investigation by Vulture, and it will certainly kind of build up. But it says that um, Bunker Fifteen positioned itself as a powerhouse that connects filmmakers to the right journalist who can amplify project visibility. But what ended up happening, based on the investigation, is that Bunker Fifteen was paying individuals who were scores on Rotten Tomato sums of money in order to provide positive reviews in order to up the score of films and how they got caught i how i'm this is how i'm going to guess was they were told that they could say what they wanted to say on their own websites so if it was micakilpatrick.com i could say this movie was awful and terrible but as long as i gave it a positive rotten tomatoes score i'd get paid hmm so I, that's probably how they got caught. So I'm wondering, you know, how there was always that big difference between fans and um, the media. I'm wondering if maybe Disney is partially behind this because there have been some. What a speculation. Wow. That, it is a speculation. Yes. That is not a speculation. That's I'm an wondering. accusation. Now, why, what evidence do you have to go I and have just zero. Throw- evidence whatsoever it's just speculation and i will not have any evidence i'm going to allow vulture to dig deeper if they feel like doing it i'm just saying there have been a there have been a number of disney movies that have been panned by audiences and loved by critics and it's not just disney there have been a lot of there's been a lot of you know other movies that you know some People just hate, and the critics love. So, is it vice versa? Is happening? Yeah. I mean, in all in all fairness, there have been movies that I have gone and absolutely adored, and I wish I could think of one right off the top of my head. But the critics just railed on, and I'm like, this is a great film, and I absolutely love it. So, I think you're always going to have that dichotomy between the fans and the critics because the critics are supposed to look at it through a different lens and I think that's why Rotten Tomatoes was supposed to be great because it was supposed to be more of the fan voice and the popular voice as opposed to the critics voice so well this is why you'll get three opinions on the nerd show which many times can be widely varying so if you'd like honest opinions <laughs> just tune into the nerd show we'll be back after this break
Welcome back to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. I've calmed down during the commercial break. My aunt is very sick. Is that? <laughs> Sorry. Is that the movie you were no, thinking it's of? No, actually, it's actually a line from one of my favorite comedies, A Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, and that was how one of the really goofy guys tries to start a conversation with another girl that he's interested <laughs> in. It just seemed to come to me. Well, Made sense in the moment. I'm my a- aunt is not sick. Well, that's good. Yeah. So we can continue. My ant farm is sick. Um, is it an alien ant farm? Dun, 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 dun. Ah, that was not bad. So, They're known for two <laughs> songs, and I have no idea what happened to them Me after either. those two songs. And their their song that they were most known for was a Michael Jackson it was song. It a cover, but it still was done really well. So. It was. Like Marilyn Manson, his music mostly sucks, but the songs that he does well are all covers. Anyway. Wow. We just divulged into music right there. You never know where we're going to go on the nerd show. It, no. I mean, it, you could put odds on DraftKings or something <laughs> of what next random topic might the guys talk about. And <laughs> Is it because the guy running the, the board pressing the buttons is a very random person? Yes. Let's go with that. Let's blame me. Let's blame Micah. Next topic. Well... I don't even know where we are in the show. This is third segment. Are we still talking segment. about Rotten Tomatoes, or are, you, are we moving on? No, I just think, uh, I guess, where do you guys go? Um, I, I don't look anymore at really critics or even Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I never had. If it looks interesting, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch it, or if there's a buzz circulating about something. Um, but what are some red flags for you guys? As you're, I mean, we have so much content to choose from. It's easy to find just about anything you're looking for, but if you're going back and forth from one movie to to the other, what are some of the top factors? Actors, directors, composers? I'll um, watch a movie with a certain actor. Anything with Denzel Washington in it, Melissa McCarthy, if she's in it, I'll watch it. Um, A Civil War movie, I'll watch. So actors and and period pieces for my Well, and for me, I think it's also topic. You know, I mean, I remember... Pacific Rim, when it came out, you know, there was not a lot of hype about it. It didn't get a lot of great reviews or anything else. But I love the whole kind of idea of this sci-fi and this other element of it and just absolutely love the movie. And so for me, it tends to be more topical. I like certain actors and appreciate certain actors. And well, Idris Elba is one of them. I think that that man could act in just about anything. He's and also I would a watch DJ. it and enjoy it. But outside of that, I think it's got to be more... Topical, and I tend to land more towards the sci-fi, pop culture kind of nerd area, anyways, and so that's where I tend to gravitate to. Sometimes for me, so you know, I had a moment uh, last night where I got to sit down and turn on the TV to watch something, and I didn't know where to go. Mm. I started panicking. I said, "I have so many options. I don't even know where to start." And usually, when I'm overwhelmed, I'll just go to something I'd already seen so I can turn my brain off. But it was down between two things, Suits, which I had heard is a really good show that people thought I would enjoy. Um, And then I saw how many seasons there were. There are eight. I said, I don't think I have this time for a commitment. So I started The Expanse, and I'm two episodes into that. What do you think? I like it. I really do. It only gets better. I know. I I, I fell asleep during the first go around just in the past couple months because I haven't had much energy to sit and focus on anything. But so far, I'm, I'm... the first two episodes, I'm hooked. Um, I think I'm going to like the, the the space aspect of it, the factions that we have. It's very 
it can't be complicated. Battlestar Galactica meets um, I I don't. That's probably the two I have. Meets the Martian, I guess. Yeah. For for a show where I don't recognize any of the actors, like. I haven't seen them in anything uh, else Mike, except for Mike except Herman for two. Trout was uh, the the um, XO. Remember, he goes crazy in the first episode. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Mike Herman Trout from Breaking Bad. And then he was crazy anyway. Yeah, that was the one actor. I don't remember I've, that. I've recognized. There's there's also the a guy who played the Punisher, and he's been in a number of movies. He played the Punisher in like the '90s, and then um, Lou Ferrigno. Who's the third guy? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> well, but there, a, there are a, a few actors that I've yeah. I've recognized, but most of them you don't, and yet the acting is great. And they don't they don't have to do too much, but like it is great, and the story is great, and the characters you're like at at some point you worry about the dynamics of the characters changing. It like it the story is really. Really interesting. How many it's, seasons are there? I believe six so far. Five or six. I thought there was five. I could be wrong. Could be I think? Six. I think they're coming out with another think, one. Yeah, there is another season that's supposed to, or another. Yeah, another season supposed to come out. You know, I ended uh, season three a couple months ago and haven't watched. Since. Yeah. Mm. So and they there's some elements in there that they kind of dip into quite a bit in like the first season and then they never go back to. Or they do occasionally, like in the second or third season. And so there's some elements that you run into. But the common thread of the whole thing is really those three factions that are all trying to figure out how they survive and live in an environment where, you know, Earth has been overused and can't, you know, to your point, kind of like Serenity. And so now people have, you know, so you've got the Earthers, you've got the Martians, and you've got the Belters. And you see the Belters are the ones that are, you know, kind of the laborers. And they're the ones that everything is being done based on their work and effort. But the Earthers and the Martians all get all the glory. And then we start to see this other element that comes in from outside of our known universe or the galaxy or whatever. And they're going, wait, this is new. We've got to figure this out. And everybody trying to, you know, sort of that race for the next, you know, nuclear weapon kind of Mm -hmm. thing. That's almost what it comes off to be. And. You know, they get involved, and the Rosinante, which is the ship of the Expanse, is just, it's a great image of kind of like trying to be there to hold them all together. So, and I love the president uh, of Earth. She is just amazing, and she is a. Is she? Was she featured in the first couple of episodes? Uh, she's, she's not the that president. The... Does she become president? I know, something like that. She's but... like some senator. Yeah, she's a very, she's basically the. She's, oh, the she's the other person I recognize. Yeah, but she is just she gets more involved as the season goes on, and I think you will like her. She is just a hard, hard. She's ass a woman. ba. Mm-hmm. She's a bad woman. She is. You know who who I actually like, and she was she's a marine who was introduced in season two. Oh yeah, I had never seen her before. She's an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. and she was great. Yeah, in in the show. I she's actually one of my favorite characters. I want to see more of her. You well, should watch more, and we'll continue to talk about it. Great I, show. I will. The timing will be the yes. the, the questionable part, but it is. Do you I'm, do you have the time to do it, or are you going to spend all your time with the with the Colorado grit? You know, we got a uh, three weeks before our next homestand, but I'm also volunteering in the national park on Sundays again for the falls. So uh, yeah, time is time is fleeting, but yep. I. Uh, I do use what time I have 
around good people and good TV shows or movies. And do you get a free hunting license? No. <laughs> no, I do well, not. What's the point of volunteering? There are so many things, Micah, that fill my bucket, and that is not one of them. <laughs> hunting. I knew a guy who was allergic to all preser- basically every preservative that was in store-bought meat. Well, so the meat Darwinism that he got is speaking loudly to him, huh? Well, the, the meat that he got, he would just hunt beginning of the season, get an elk, and that was his meat for the year. Yeah. I think if you're doing it that way, that's the right way to do it. So It is. Stay tuned for more of The Nerd Show. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to The Nerd Show in the Aloe Fiber Studios. I'm still not used to hearing myself in this lower decibel. I'm Nick Kenny. It sounds odd. Well, speaking of actors and other things that can tend to be a little bit divisive and everything else, Aquaman 2 and the Lost Kingdom comes out here at the end of the year. Their teaser trailer just dropped this week, and I mention that because we all remember all of the chaos surrounding... Amber Heard, and she is back in this film as Mara. We don't know Ah. how big a part she will play, but she is listed as the cast in that. Jason Momoa, obviously, is back as Aquaman. Waterboy? Waterboy 2? Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2. But there's there's actually an additional list of actors that are going to be in this film, in addition to the ones that we had. Amelia Clark, Mm. Ben Affleck, uh, Patrick Wilson is back as Ocean Master. Um, Michael Keaton, Nicole Kidman is back as Atlantia, so that she is the mother of Aquaman. You remember that Tamara Morrison played... Is Michael Keaton playing Batman? Uh, he might be. I think he is. If he's not playing Batman, I want ben him Affleck? to play Birdman. Well, I think both of them are, as a matter of fact. I think that we're going to start to see some of the ripple effects of what happened in The Flash, and now that we're starting to see the multiverse within the DCU or the DC whatever it is, is starting to kind of unravel. And so this Aquaman is going to have some elements of that, that we're going to start to see some of these cross-pollination of characters in that regard. But Amelia Clark's been in quite a oh bit Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, I, I haven't seen Secret Invasion yet, but I know she was in that. Yep. Probably the least recognizable thing that, that she's been in. But she has been... I really enjoy her as a, as an actor, and well, and now we're going to see her in Marvel and in DC and in Star Wars mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones. So I mean, you think about that—that that is a lot of really high expectation, and you know, there's a lot of fans that really enjoyed her in Game of Thrones for a number of reasons, and we saw more of her acting capability in a different capacity when she did Solo and then some of the other things that have come out. So I hope she shows up in the Spawn movie. Because <laughs> uh, then, all, then all she'll, she be, left. she'll be in another comic book movie from a different company. Yeah, well, that's true. All she has left in like, the heavy hitters is like a Harry Potter or a, um, Lord of the Rings. Well, she, yeah. can, be, she can be Professor McGarnagle, um, teacher of... Wisdom, yeah, because they're kind of rebooting that entire series, is what I'm understanding, and so they're looking at new actors and actresses to play those roles. So could be. 
Well, as we're wrapping up, uh, I, I can't know. wait for next week's Ahsoka. I'm just itching to see it. I know. Or having saw it yesterday. Yeah. Eh. It's future. <laughs> Present Nick is trying to be future Nick. Um, we were having a, just a, a texting conversation a few weeks ago about interesting things we'd enjoy talking about. And one, which I do want to be concerted effort about uh, watching these movies or shows, but what what has stood up on the test of time? Movies from 80s or 90s that we could watch today and like, you know what? That's a dang good movie. And I don't want to – we can easily go off on about 20 or 30 right now, but um, – I'm Star just, Wars, E.T., Jurassic Park, all of them. And we're, I'm talking about Jurassic Park, the first one, the first three Star Wars, and E.T. I mean, those, I would agree. I think Jaws also stands up pretty yep. well. Except for the shark, but yeah, Jaws was great. I think Indiana Jones does also. I think the very first one of that was great. There's a lot of really good films. You know, and even if we get outside of the pop culture, you know, kind of area, I think, you know, A Few Good Men, if we want to go all the way back, we want to start looking at that Saving Private Ryan. I mean, there are films. The music to that is great. It's amazing. That film today still stands on its own as a really great film with all of the reasons for it mm-hmm. and the meanings behind that. So there is a, is a side story for uh, the grit. They went out to this boot camp type of thing and got their butts kicked in the mountains overnight to help develop the team. Mm-hmm. And in Saving Private Ryan, everyone uh, had to go through basic training, a, a, a reduced basic training to understand military vernacular and kind of that intensity, except Matt Damon, because they wanted the actors to dislike him yes. as uh, as Private Ryan. So mm-hmm. that disdain they have for him, that wondering why we're going to save yeah. him, is also just the bitterness that they had that he did not have to go it was a little basic bit training. built into the actors, so they were having to act a little bit less like they didn't <laughs> like Matt Damon in that film. Um, what about Tremors? Does that hold up? You the know, first one. I think I haven't seen that in too long. I think it holds up, but for a lot of different reasons. It's it's a cult classic. I think you have to put that kind of in a similar category as you do like the Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. or Little Shop of Horrors. It's those kind of films where it does. And I think, is anybody in 100 or 200 years going to go, this was a fantastic film that has aged really well? Probably not. I would throw Blazing Saddles in with that, and we all know how well that has not aged, but you kind of it's a different type of film. I think comedy, you kind of have to put in a different category in regards to that. Here's a hot topic uh, on, on the socials now for what did not stand the test of time, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. Um, and, and they're hinting for um, the insinuated disgust of... Kissing a man yeah. at the end of that movie. Yep. It well, it definitely did not stand the test of time. I mean, that you know, it. I hate to admit it, but I thought the movie was hilarious for so many other reasons, and mm-hmm. being able to you know recite that entire speech that he does on the old man's porch with the shotgun in his face <laughs> is one of the things that I hold very proudly, and will do so. That and my. My Carl Spangler when he's got the pitchfork to the kid in Caddyshack. So, uh, is it laces out? I mean, that's just, <laughs> laces out. That's, Dan. A, that's laces a line. Out. We were talking the other day. Uh, I think we're. It was John Matthews, one of the um, 
um, bartenders at 477 talking about quarterback greats who never won a Super Bowl. And he said something about Dan Marino. I said, wait a minute. I saw him win a Super Bowl in a documentary from the <laughs> 90s when they kidnapped the, the mascot Snowflake. Yeah. I always like to joke that the things that I enjoy are actually documentaries and real That's life. the second time on this show that you've actually referenced a fictional film as a documentary. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay then. Yep. I do that with Jurassic Park every now and again. Too, oh, but, wow. Uh, yeah, I, Dan Marino, I think, is is a one of the most famous quarterbacks who has not won a Super Bowl. Yes, I think you are correct. And he was he was pretty entertaining <laughs> in uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, you know, I feel like he was sort of like the early edition of Peyton Manning mm-hmm. in that regard because he understood what he was as an athlete and he could do it. And I think Tom Brady's kind of in that same realm as well. I just think that Tom was too good. And so nobody really, you know, wants to enjoy him that much from all the other areas and the successes that he's had. But, yeah, I think that, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about Peyton Manning's SNL skit (laughs) with the kids. And I was still shocked that parents allowed their kids to go through that kind of stuff. But it was just the funniest sequence. Uh, So (laughs) That's when they have the the basketball thing at the end of that episode, too, right? Yep. So good. One one last movie. Have you guys seen... Starship Troopers. Yes. Yeah. Starship Troopers still holds up. Even oh. though the acting is not great, I think it's supposed to be like that on purpose. Is that Alan Rickman? Or am I thinking of something else? No, thinking of something uh, else. Tim Allen and Alan Rickman? Nope. Mm-mm. You're no, thinking of Galaxy Quest. No, Starship Troopers, more meat for the grinder. There we go. Based off of a book. It was. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in this week. Give us your feedback. Follow us on the socials. Nerdians, you stay nerdy. <laughs>